Hi, this is Craig, and welcome. Thank you for tuning me in today. We are going to hear another one of God's greatest messages on living the Christian life. Yes, every time we get together, we hear another one of his messages. Overcoming our doubts, overcoming our temptations, overcoming the tests, giving us strength, giving us encouragement, and fulfilling his promises in our lives that he has made to us for every single day. Today is no different. His message is going to speak to each and every one of us who tune in. Before I start, though, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been subjected to a stronghold before? You know, one of those holes that kids do when they're playing around or someone uh, uh, is trying to be stronger than the other one. They get them in one of those tight grip holds and try to, you know, keep them from getting out and getting away. See, there's, there's so many of them, though, that... If we tried to list them all, you'd be turning this off before I got finished. So we're only going to talk about a couple of ones that you may be familiar with. I just want to cover this real quick, and then we'll get to God's message today. Have you ever heard of the camel clutch? How about the chin lock? The fish hook? How about that arm bar? You know, that arm bar, that may be famous from... um, uh, Ronda Rousey, I think. Yeah, that's her name. She was uh, the, one of the first women and then women the MMA and those kind of things. That was her gold to hold. Actually, that's, I think, she how she won uh, the bronze medal in, in the Olympics a few years back. But anyway, the arm bar, we're kind of familiar with that. How about the octopus hold? The anaconda vice. You know, that anaconda stick, that giant snake it wraps around you. And it just continues to squeeze on you, to squeeze all the air out and suffocate you. It's like a vice. That's the kind of hold that some of these guys do in the, all these sporting events that they get involved in. There's the guillotine choke, the cobra clutch. How about the full Nelson hold? Remember as a kid, I, I do, you know, wrestling around with your friends and you get your hands up and around, you get them around their neck and you get them into the full Nelson and they just can't get out and they're squirming and they're yelling at you and you're just kind of having fun with them, trying to just, you know, keep them subdued and so forth, but you didn't like it done to you either. So eventually you let go and everybody laughs and you go about your day and you continue on playing with your friends. But the full Nelson hold... Or, we're all familiar with this, I know we are, this is the famous sleeper hold. It's the one that we've always seen in the movies, where they put the guy to sleep instead of knocking him out of the head or killing him or something. Remember, they just put him to sleep, and then they move on down the uh, down their way, getting on, on through those kind of guards. The sleeper hold. But if you've ever found yourself in one of these kind of grips we've talked about here quickly... It'll incapacitate you. There's practically no escape. When those are put on you so hard and so firm, the only way out is to usually tap out to survive it. We've seen that in all-star wrestling and so forth. Tap, 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 and the guy's supposed to let you go because now you conceded. You lost. Well, today we're we're, we're not going to be talking about wrestling moves or jiu-jitsu moves or even the MMA moves. No. We're going to hear about overcoming strongholds in our lives. And that's the title of today's message. Strongholds. Strongholds in your life. 
But before we start under that, we have to know what stronghold really is. The original definition of a stronghold said that it was a place that had been fortified so well to protect it from against all the attacks. And one example was Petra. Many of us have heard of that city of Petra way back in biblical times. It was built in the sandstone cliffs in southern Jordan around 310, 312 B.C., I believe the dates were. And this area is really close by. It's just about 50 miles south of the Dead Sea. So if you ever have a tour out there, this would be a place to try to go see because of how famous it was in the biblical times. Now, the main access to this city, it was through a narrow crevice that was winding for about a mile or so through this mountainous terrain. Very, very difficult to get through. And it provided an excellent natural defense for Petra's inhabitants. And for centuries and centuries, Petra seemed so secure, it was unassailable fortress of rock. It was built into the rock, a rock fortress. And the people, they always felt that their city would never be penetrated. They were going to be safe forever. Well, today, its ruins lie inhabited. It's in complete fulfillment of the prophetic word found in Jeremiah 49, 17 and 18. Edom will come, Edom will become an object of horror. All who pass by will be appalled and they will scoff because all of its wounds as Sodom and Gomorrah were overthrown along with their neighboring towns so no one will live there. No people will dwell in it, says the Lord. King Azamiah, who ruled in Judah from 798 to 769, he was the king who finally defeated the Edomites and destroyed Petra. In 2 Kings 14.7 it says, He was the one King Amaziah, he was the one who defeated 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt and captured Selah. Selah, another word for Petra, captured Selah in battle. Now, Edom was ultimately destroyed because of its pride. Pride not only destroys individuals, but it will destroy nations too. Yes, it will. And that that's going to be a message for another time, so stand by for that. Now, here's a quick history lesson about Petra, so you really understand the background of what these scriptures are going to mean today. Petra was in the land of the Edomites, who, as may know, were descendants of Esau. Israel and Edom were constantly fighting, just like Jacob and Esau did. And it all started when Edom's refusal to allow Moses and the Israelites passage through their land on the way to Canaan. They refused him. No, you've got to go around. You can't come through our property, our land. You've got to go around it. So for a long time, this feud was ongoing until the Lord's promise was finally fulfilled. Sounds a little bit like those Hatfields and McCoy stories, doesn't it? Don't really know how long it went on, but it always went on because they hated each other. And from generations to generations, they just really didn't know why. They hated one another, but they did, and they constantly fought for all those hundreds of years. Well, today, I want to share with you with about three sources of strongholds that affect us. And I want to begin with the strongholds of the world. Now, you already know that the steady stream of information through books and TVs and 
other social media platforms, they, they continue to shape our profession, our perceptions of life. And the amount of love in our lives, or for some, lack thereof, along with our cultural environment, the influence of our peers, as well as our physical appearances and our intelligence, this all combines to form our sense of identity, our view of life more than anything else. Now, our inner souls, they are so wrought with insecurities and highly sensitive to the criticisms and also the compliments we receive from others. And all of these concepts and limitations, they've been fed into us since childhood. And many of our opinions about life they are due to the ideas and the teachings from others, the effect that others have on us. And because of all this, we want to defend and we want to protect these ideologies by justifying our views as though they were born into us since birth. Another example of worldly stronghold is astrology. But hold on, don't confuse that with astronomy or astrophysics or the study of other sciences. I said astrology. This is where masses of believers around the world are subconsciously and hypnotized. They're being bound to the characteristics and the weaknesses of their so-called zodiac sign. Even the Ouija board and its illusory tricks, Satan uses all of this against the people while they continue their search for identity. Think about that. Search for identity, especially in today's world. People are so confused on who they think they are or who they want to be or who they should be or should have been or, or they're going to be or however you want to explain it. There is so much confusion out that That is Satan out there causing that confusion in everybody. The mixture of deceptive facts and illusions from all these godless ruses are constantly absorbed into our souls. And these events and all the others that stand in direct opposition to God's work of transformation will deter us from seeing His, God's great work, His great works. But as Christians, the only truth, the only truth right for eternity is the truth of Christ. Think about that. The only truth for the right of eternity is the truth of Christ. And then scripture instructs us to consider the outcome of life before submitting to his concept. Just as it says in Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 7. Then the Bible tells us that God has provided us a new heart, a new mind, and a new spirit. And that includes a new name. Hebrews 8.10 This is the covenant I will establish with the peoples of Israel, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Under God's new covenant, He has written the law on our hearts. The Holy Spirit reminds us of Christ's words and gives us new desires. And with our new hearts and our new minds, serving God now becomes our greatest joy. 
Now, Revelations 2.17, this is Jesus talking, says, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Now, these stones are very significant. It because each one bears the new name of the person who's become victorious with Christ. I'll take a quick moment. And I want to remind you, listen, I want to remind you, when you become born again and a follower of Christ, you receive the Spirit of God. His promises says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. 2 Corinthians 5.17 And when we pledge our faith to Jesus, we become brand new people on the inside. The Holy Spirit gives us new life. And we are not the same any longer. We are not reformed. We are not rehabilitated. We are not re-educated. We are recreated, living in union with Christ forever. Now the next stronghold is the one of your experiences and the conclusions you've drawn from them. This, my friend, becomes your reality. And you must realize that whatever thought and opinions you have, they are currently directing your soul. However, don't forget, listen, God defines reality as the truth that is only found in His Word. I found this following quote I want to share. I, I, I really, really like it. I am so sorry, though, I unfortunately, I cannot recall where I read it from. I had it written down in some notes that just in my, you know, one of my journal pages a while back, and I just, I just didn't write down who it was from, and I apologize for that. Anyway, it goes like this. For us to travel from our world into the reality of God, we must view Christ's words as the door through which we enter God's eternal kingdom. Did you catch that? For us to travel from our world into the reality of God, we must view Christ's words as the door through which we enter God's eternal kingdom. No wonder that he impresses upon us to be in his word every day. This, 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 this is the doorway to his truth. His word is the doorway to his truth, is what it says. That's what this, this statement, this quote means. We'll pause here a second. I'm going to ask you an important question. You ready? Who is ruling your life today? Okay, think about it. Who is ruling your, your life? Is it God or is it your experiences? And you must be honest with yourself to really receive God's message. Is it God or your experiences ruling your life today? To a degree that your experiences do not conform to the word of God, they surely, and they, they, they quietly teach you that God is not who he says he is. Your experiences, if they don't conform to that, that's what they're telling you. 
Now, these experiences, they may seem valid at the time they take place. Sure, they seem real, because they are real at the time. But if they cause you to think that Jesus is not the same today as he was in the Gospels, your conclusions are just simply wrong, my friend. Wrong. I'm just going to tell you straight out, your conclusions will be wrong. This is a stronghold that you must be able to pull down. What if some are unfaithful? Does this nullify God's faithfulness? If some are unfaithful, does this nullify God's faithfulness? Romans 3, 4 says, Not at all! Let God be true and every human being a liar. Think about that for a moment. Now, the last stronghold that I want to share is a stronghold of false doctrines. These can, and they have come from church wrong doctrines and teachings. Jesus warns us in Matthew 24, 4, See to it that no one misleads you. You can easily be led by others, but you must take responsibility that you are not misled by these people. As much as you may love a particular pastor or teacher or speaker or whomever, you must ask the Lord to confirm any, any questionable teachings. 2 Corinthians 13.1 Every fact is to be confirmed by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If you have questions about anything you read, anything you hear, including here on this program, you must go and confirm it. Confirm what I'm sharing. Confirm what God's trying to speak to you. Confirm it with others. Others that you trust and that they're walking faithfully in God's way. This is just a perfect example as to why you must learn to feed yourself. Don't drink the so-called Kool-Aid blindly from those who utter deceived teaching. Don't just drink it with them. You must learn to feed yourself. Feed yourself by being in God's word every day. Test everything. And you know that I've stated that so many times here again. Especially watch out for those programs that are online. On TV or the other media outlets. There's so many other ways to do it. Even the messages that you hear from other people. If you have questions, you must look them up, as I've said. Do not deny yourself that. Find out the truth. God's word is the truth. We've just read that here a few moments ago. The safest way to ensure that others do not mislead you, make sure you do not mislead yourself. Yeah, start right there. Don't mislead yourself, because when that happens, others can mislead you twice as bad. Satan's plan is to try. Try and make you accept through your past, through your experiences, through false church doctrines, that portions of Christ's life are untrue and not valued. He will twist the word here or there, and it will cause you to question. Oh, gosh, is that what he really means? Oh, and then doubt comes in, and then Satan continues to build on that. You must confirm. 
And Jesus, he will use other people in our lives to teach us. But we must be careful not to become followers of just mere men. Don't just blindly follow. Don't just drink their Kool-Aid, as I said. You must, especially those that are not conformed to Christ, you must be able to tell the difference. That's why you need to be in the Word every day, to strengthen yourself. Our goal has to be conformity to Jesus Christ, and only Jesus Christ himself. Any teaching that does not support this purpose, it must not be allowed to rule you in any way, shape, or form. I know the topic's been difficult. Strongholds. We're getting ready to close here. This is kind of a shorter one today, but it's very, very specific on overcoming these strongholds in your life. Strongholds of the world. Strongholds of astrology, for crying out loud. And a stronghold of overcoming yourself. Right? Strongholds are patterns. Let me say, strongholds are patterns in your life. They're so deeply entrenched and habitually performed, you don't even recognize how your own strongholds are hurting yourself. That's what Satan gets you trapped into. And we've all had them. And you may be dealing with some even today as you're listening. But the three main points I've shared with you are the basic umbrellas over which most all the enemy's strongholds come from that affect us. And here's just a few. Anger. Arrogance. Anxiety. Pride, sexual sin, bitterness, depression, manipulation, and just there's there's so many more. One example of manipulation is a friend of mine, and they were telling me a while back that the mother, who claims to be a Christian and, and goes to church faithfully and so forth, she continues to try to manipulate my friend continues to call them out and say, you promised me you were going to call me last night. I know, Mom. I said I'd call you when I had a moment, hopefully tomorrow or the next night. Just depends on the kids. No, you said you promised. And the guilt. And Mom would manipulate the words of my friend, manipulate those words to cause guilt. And just the, 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 the doubts. And was mom doing it on purpose? I don't know. You hope not, but she claims she is. But at the same time, there is a selfishness in there. And when that takes place, your words can be manipulative to others. And maybe you don't know it. And maybe you purposely do know it. And you're trying to get something for yourself. And you're trying to use your pride. You're trying, and then you get upset, so now you have anger. And then you're anxious, because they are not doing what you say that that you called them to do. So, this manipulation is sometimes hidden. And we don't realize it until after the fact. And when I was visiting with my friend, and they were telling me this, it was like, oh my gosh, that is manipulation 101. But I'm on the outside. I'm not in the middle of it. Being blasted with guilt and doubts and 
you know, saying you're wrong and you're no good and you're a liar and why did you do this to me? Why are you deceiving me? All those things just pound, 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 pound. It wears you out. It wears you out. And that, my friend, is a stronghold in itself. So be careful of that. But I'm going to close now. Okay, we're done. I get off on another tangent here if I'm not careful. I want to ask you one final question. How strong is God? Think about that. How strong is God? Okay? It's easy to trust God when we see him in action, right? Action. Action Jackson. You know, there was a movie about that, but that's beside the point. We're not talking about that. When we see God in action, it's easy to trust him. When we see results with our own eyes, when we see things taking place, when we see prayers being answered, people being, bam, wow, my gosh. Holy smokes, can you believe that? This is, oh, God, is just so powerful. It's easy to see it. The Israelites saw this firsthand so many times. But as you know, in the routine of daily life, his strength may seem to diminish, but God's doesn't. His strength never changes. But through the daily life that we go through, it may seem to diminish, but God doesn't ever change. It's our view of him that often changes and causes this. It's our view. God doesn't change. Our view changes. The monotony of day-to-day -day living, it just lulls us into complacency trance, forgetting how powerful God can be. But I want to tell you, I want to leave you, I want to remind you with this. God's strength is always available to you every single day. All you have to do is look for it. And that, my friend, we're going to complete today's episode. Let me pray. Lord, you know what we go through every day. It's today. It's yesterday. It's biblical times before you even came to earth. People are subjected to Satan's tests and twists and all how he does to get us to be complacent in life and just accept things the way they are. Where your word, if we're in it, Lord, every day, we hear the truth. We see the truth. We read the truth. That is our armor to overcome Satan. That is the power that you give us not to be taken down, but to follow you and to be entrusted in you and to stand with you, overcoming the evil empire that's out there trying to take people away from you. Help us to be with you every day. Lord, give us the words every day that were in your book, the right words for us on that day to impact us so that we can turn around and save someone else from the eternity of damnation and hell. Lord, thank you for who you are, your promises every day. Open our eyes. Let our eyes be open to see what you're doing around us because the miracles are happening every day. Thank you, Lord, for today's word. Amen.